A warm welcome to Disky Talk with Luyolo. If you're tuning in for the very first time, I ask that you please subscribe and hit the notification bell. If you've been a part of the journey, I hope that you thoroughly enjoy this episode. So, on today's episode, I preview the CAF Champions League final between Kaiser Chiefs and Al Ahli. However, I will start by looking at how South African teams have progressed within the CAF Champions League space and what they have to do to consistently perform at a high level by ensuring that they get to the quarterfinals, semifinals and win the CAF Champions League on a consistent basis. And as always, I am your host with the most and I go by the name of Luyolo. So, let's get right into it. The first segment is growth or luck. So, during the season, um some people felt that it was by virtue of luck that we had two South African teams that went as far as the quarterfinals within the Champions League and Chiefs going on all the way to the CAF Champions League final. Some people feel like it was growth. So, what do I make of it? So, I think that with regards to the approach when it comes to CAF Champions League football, I feel like in that area we have grown as South African teams. So, I don't think that our football has grown as of yet as I think what would predicate for growth is consistency. And when I speak of consistency, I speak of us getting to the quarterfinals and semifinals and playing in a final regularly as opposed to what we've seen in the past couple of years where it's only been Mamelodi Sundowns that have been reaching the quarterfinals. So with that being said, I think going forward um South African teams have to uh know and uh, be cognizant of what CAF Champions League uh football comes with. And I say that because um a lot of teams aspire to finish top 3, top 4 within um the DSTV Premiership. However, they not cognizant of the fact that that comes with playing CAF football. That is CAF Champions League and CAF Confederations Cup. So, going forward, I think that our teams have to prepare by making sure that within the transfer window they sign players which will be able to play within that competition so it's not just about signing local players to strengthen your team however finding players who have the CAF Champions League experience who have experience within CAF and i think that then we'll see our teams grow a lot more within that competition because whenever our teams have progressed to the latter stages of CAF Champions League football they've showed um very good signs of uh growth they've showed very good signs of being able to come back and do it consistently it's just that we haven't found that consistency by virtue of the fact that the approach towards CAF Champions League football hasn't always been the greatest however in recent times uh i think that the approach has improved so going into the next segment ladies and gentlemen i'm going to have a look at kaiser chiefs with regards to the journey that they had uh during their caf champions league so we do know that on the home front kaiser chiefs struggled throughout the season however during the caf uh champions league run 
they were actually doing really well. So what was not working at home was working in Africa. The direct uh, style of play, the diagonals, the crosses into the box, that was working within CAF Champions League football. However, within the DSTV Premiership, it wasn't. And um, Kaiser Chiefs' uh, most important game, in my opinion, was the three points they picked up against Widat when they had sent their B team and their coach did not pitch because that was the game that saw us qualify then for the quarterfinals. And um, I think if it was not for that uh, fortuitous encounter, and I say fortuitous because on another day, most teams would have brought their strongest 11 and their coach would have attended. And maybe then the argument is maybe they would have beaten us. But then again, you have a look at how we performed against them in the CAF Champions League semi-final. One might say then, maybe we would have beaten them, you know. However, Kaiser Chiefs do now find themselves within the final. And uh, when we have a look at Al-Akhli, they started off pretty slowly. And um, at times their performances weren't so convincing as uh, they didn't even top their group. However, the strength, the experience that Al-Akhli possess got them to the final. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to then go into a tactical preview of the Champions League final. So, we've got the blue team and we've got the red team. The blue team will represent Kaiser Chiefs. The red team will represent Al-Akhli. So, I will start then by looking at Al-Akhli and how they set up. So, with regards to Al-Akhli and how they set up, they set up in a 4 3-3. So you've got El Shanawai in goals. You've got a back four of um, Tofik at uh, right back. You've got Bedri Benun as the right-sided centre-back. You've got Ashraf as the left-sided centre-back. And at left-back, you've got Malul. So with regards to their defensive structure... Uh, they've got very good players, but I will start with the man in goals, who goes by the name of Al Shanawai, who's also the captain of this Al Akhli team. So, Al Shanawai is a very experienced campaigner. This is uh, a goalkeeper who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and been with Al Akhli through the ups and downs. And uh, he's been very, very important with regards to keeping goal for Al Akhli. And um, I think that he had um, some. Uh, impressive saves and uh, very impressive moments within that game against Esperance in the semi-final. So when we move on and uh, we look at the two centre-backs in Benun and Ashraf, what I like about uh, this centre-back partnership is that it carries so much duality with regards to the fact that Benun is the more physical and more stronger centre-half Whereas Ashraf is the ball-playing centre-half, left-footed. What he's very good at, he's very good at progressing the ball and uh, very comfortable on the ball. At times, you will see him just uh, venture with the ball and uh, either beat uh, the first line of press, either with a pass or by being able to comfortably run with the ball at his feet. And uh, another player that I would like to highlight is uh, Malul at left-back. This is one of Al-Akhli's key players. 
He is very dangerous going forward and uh, a very intelligent uh, left wing back. I've quite enjoyed his um, displays down the left-hand side with regards to how he overlaps and with regards to how good he is on the ball. So moving then into midfield, we've got um, a midfield of uh, Aludien, uh, Sulaya, and uh, Hamdi Fati. So a key player that I would like to highlight here is Alou Dieng, who is the defensive midfielder for Al Ahli, who in my opinion is um, one of the best, if not the best defensive midfielder that we have in Africa. So when we speak of Alou Dieng, we're looking at a very complete midfielder who can do both sides of the game very well. So as much as he's a defensive midfielder, however, he's very good on the ball. He's very good at pulling strings. And from time to time, you will see him make uh, penetrating runs through the middle with the ball. And uh, you will see him slip in very good passes. And uh, he is able to dissect the defense. We saw that in the first leg of the game they played against uh, Esperance in the semi-final when he found Sharif in behind and um, Sharif managed to score the goal. So when we move on and uh, we have a look at their forward line, we've got um, Afsha who starts on the left side mainly, then we've got Sharif and then we've got Tahir. This is their most likely starting 11 going forward. With regards to Afsha, this is uh, al Ahli's danger man. He is very, very dangerous, especially when it comes to occupying the half spaces and being able then to do all his work within this space. He's also a player that can play as an attacking midfielder, so don't be surprised to see him popping up in central zones and pulling the strings. And uh, he's also one who's got so much goal threat. So he is a complete playmaker because uh, he, just, he doesn't just offer you assists, but it's assists and goals. And um, what he likes to do, he always likes to come on the inside, which then complements uh, uh, Malul because Malul tends to go on the outside. So the relationship between winger and um, fullback in this case is quite phenomenal because a lot of the times this is what you're going to see from Al-Akli on the left-hand side. You're going to see Afsha occupying the half spaces. You're going to see Malul bombing on forward. And with Afsha, he's always looking to come into these danger zones. He's always looking to penetrate um, with regards to finding the channels which are quite important. So when we now have uh, a look on the other side, you've got Tahir. But the man that I'd like to focus on is Sharif. He is their goal-getter, very, very dangerous. And uh, when you're not aware, he will catch you off guard. And um, he's very important with regards to stretching the lines and with regards to his mobility. He's a very, very good player. So the players that I have highlighted as key and important going into this final, it's uh, Afsha. Uh, Ashraf, sorry, at um, left-sided centre-back. you got uh, Benoun as um, the right-sided centre-back. You've got Alou Dieng, you've got Mal uh, Malul, and then you've got Afsha 
as their playmaker, and then you have Sharif. With regards to why I think uh, Benun will be very important in this encounter, I will go into it um, when I do have a look at Keza Chiefs. So moving on then to Keza Chiefs and with regards to how they will set up, I foresee them setting up in a 3-5-2. And um, in goals, this is a great talking point because... Um, you had Bruce Bavuma, who did very well um, against Widat in the first leg of the semi-final. You had Akpe come in, and he did well in the second leg. You know, and then with those two, it remains to be seen as to who they will go with. However, if I had to make the decision, I would, I would definitely go with Bruce because I was very impressed with his performances in the first leg uh, against Widat especially because of the type of game it was and how great his communication skills are. And going into this game, I think it's going to be very synonymous to that game that they played against Widat in the first leg, which then will see him being very important with regards to marshalling his defense. And um, one of the pros of not having fans at the stadium is that you could hear him marshal his defense from the first minute to the 90th minute. So I think in goal, I'll go with Bruce Bavuma, and I think he'll be quite the important player. When we move on and we have a look at the back three, uh, Ngezane will start on the right side of, um, of, of, of the right side of Matoho, then you have Kadoso. So the three of them will be the three center backs. And then when we have a look at the right-sided wing back, we're looking at Reeve Frosler. And then in the midfield, we're going to have Katsande, we're going to have Parker, we're going to have Bloom. And then on the left side, it's potentially Sassman. He's the one who started in the past uh, two games when they played against Widat in the first leg and the second leg of the CAF Champions League semi-final. And then... Up front, you got Nukovic, and then here, it remains to be seen as to who will start, but in the previous game, Ngobo started here. So I personally would go with Nkosimpile Ngobo in that position. However, let me then start at um, with the back three and highlight their importance. So when you have a look at this back three and why they'll be important, because you ha sort of have to realize how Al-Akhli like to play. With regards to how Al-Akhli like to play, they tend to um, overload the central areas and the half spaces. That's where you'll find Asha operating in these pockets. And that's where you'll find Tahir on this side operating in the half spaces. Then you'll find uh, um, Sharif always trying to penetrate in between the center halves. So they are going to be very important with regards to how they deal with the threat of that front three. And then when we have a look at the wingbacks, which is something that I want to highlight, is that I don't think on the left-hand side, uh, Sussman will be as offensive. But I think then he, in a sense, he molds a fourth centre-back with regards to his abilities, with regards to his stature and height. So I think a lot of the times, because Al-Akhli will have most of the ball possession, we are going to see uh, Sasman a lot more tucked in. We're going to see him a lot more tucked in. And Refrosler on this side, he's also going to at times have to come in, which then makes it a back five, especially when they're under pressure. You know, However, on the right-hand side, Refrosler will be their outlet as 
we do know how good he is at going forward. It's just what I worry about when it comes to Reef Rosler is that defensively, he's not so sound, especially when you're going to have Afsha coming in this area, looking to um, play in between Gezane and Frostler. So I think they're going to have a lot on their hands on the day, which we'll see Reef Rosler having to tuck in and become uh, more or less a right back, which then makes it a back five. So it's not going to be easy for Reef Rosler. I think he's going to have a lot of work to do on the day. However, he will be their outlet whenever they can go forward, as we all know how good he is when it comes to his final ball and when it comes to his ability to pinpoint crosses. So when we then move into midfield and you have a, a midfield of Katsande, um, Bloom and Parker. So not everybody's favorites when it comes to Parker and Katsande. However, I think they've done quite well in the past couple of games for Kaiser Chiefs in the midfield. And uh, I've been quite impressed by their energy levels. You know, um, a lot of people would suggest that maybe the legs have gone. However, they've shown such great commitment and such great fight within the midfield. A player that I've been very impressed with and who's come on in leaps and bounds and keeps on maturing is Njabulo Blom in this position. And I say that because he's such an adaptive player. You know, we do know that when he first burst onto the scene, he burst on as a, a right back. But now we do see him uh, playing within the heart of midfield for Kaiser Chiefs. So his legs going both ways will be very important. Because at times, whenever they do get a chance to counter-attack, it might just be him who actually goes out wide and is able then to pinpoint that cross. We did see him doing that in the first leg against Widat for um, Nukovic. So... This midfield is going to have a very, very tough game. So they're going to be key. If Kaiser Chiefs are going to win this game, this midfield is going to be very, very important with regards to how they deal with Al-Akhli, especially considering the ball players that Al-Akhli have, especially considering how Al-Akhli like to overload the midfield area. So when we then move on to um, Nobo and Nukovic, I'll start with Nobo. I think he had a very impressive game in the second leg uh, against Widat at um, the FNB Stadium. I say that because when you are pinned back and you are playing against a team that will have most of the ball possession, it's very important that you have a player that can take the pressure off these guys. And I say that because Nobo's very good at holding the ball, protecting it. He buys you that five, six, seven seconds, and then he's always able to pick a pass. So that's what he's very good at, and he's very good at retaining the ball. We did see that um, he's a very, very brave player, very confident. He's not afraid to go at them alone. We did see that. And what I like about him is that he's very smart in the sense that, yes, he will get the ball and he will go at them. However, what he's very good at is that he will retain the ball and you will see him then holding the ball for a couple of seconds, which then will see the rest of the team pushing up to join him. So I think a player in this game of his magnitude is very, very important, especially with regards to his technical skill set. Now, when we have a look at Nukovic, I think Nukovic will be very important when it comes to bothering those two. Now, earlier on, I did highlight that Badri Benun, who's the right-sided centre-back for Al-Akhli, will be very important. I say that because when it comes to 
the aerial duels between him and Nukovic, he's going to be very, very important. Because we do know that Kaiser Chiefs do have a Frosla. They do have uh, Jabulo Blom, who are very well and able to find those pinpointed crosses where Nukovic can get onto the end of it and score a goal against this Al-Akhli back line. So Badri Benun will be very important. Uh, Ashraf isn't as physically sound with regards to dealing with the aerial threat. However, what they will be looking to do whenever... Uh, Nukovic is in that position. They'll be looking to make sure that they surround him and make sure that he doesn't have enough space to operate in. And um, when we then have uh, a look at who will be the key players for Kaiser Chiefs, I'm looking at Bruce and Goals with regards to his communication, and I'm looking at um, I'm looking at this midfield. The three of them. And the reason why I say the three of them is because there's going to be a lot of work to be done within that game. Going both ways, there's going to be a lot of work to be done. However, the general scope of the game is going to shape up in such a way that Al-Akhli will have most of the ball possession. So what we're going to see most of the times is uh, a back five from Kaiser Chiefs. We're going to see them being very compact. Al-Akhli will be quite high up. You're going to have Afsha in there, occupying the half space. You're going to have Malul, who's going to bomb on forward, who's going to be high and wide, who will keep the width for Al-Akhli. You're going to have Tahir up there. You're going to have um, Tofik also high and wide. And then you're going to have Sulaya. You're going to have Hamdi Fati, who's got lots of experience with regards to CAF Champions League football. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And he's a very strong player who knows how to read the game very well. He complements Alu Diang very well. You're going to have Alu Diang in there, uh, dominating proceedings, pulling the strings from deep. And then the two center halves will be pushed up. So this is more or less the general shape that you're going to see in this game, where Al-Akhi will look to rotate the, the ball as uh, they do that very, very well. And um, what I like about this Al-Akhli team is that they play a style of football which a lot of us aren't accustomed to with regards to the intensity and with regards to how direct they are. We do know that um, in the semi-final against Esperance, they had a world-class showing over both legs as uh, they were able to outplay their opponents. So it's going to be very difficult for Chiefs. However, what will be very important for Chiefs is how compact they stay and um, how they block certain passing channels, especially centrally, and making sure that um, Tahir on this side and Afsha aren't able to occupy those half spaces, aren't able to work within those confines and making sure that they're very tight on uh, Sharif because he's a player that is very, very, very dangerous, you know, and uh, he is the goal-getter. He scores all, all types of goals, so he is uh, a jack-in-the-box because I believe that uh, he's one of those players who are very difficult to mark, uh, especially when you will find him uh, occupying certain spaces. So the most important thing when it comes to this back three is forcing these um, 
forward line players of Al Ahly forcing them into territory where they don't want to be picking up the ball, forcing them into territories where they aren't able to really affect the game. But on when I look at this game and how it will play out, and uh, I move on to the extra time segment where I give my prediction with regards to this game, what I do foresee is that I do foresee uh, a very tightly contested game and um, I think Chiefs will be tactically organized. Uh, I don't see them opening it up too early and um, I also don't see them rushing with regards to their counter-attacks whenever they do have a chance to counter this Al-Akhli team. I think they'll be very patient and uh, over the past two games we've seen uh, the defensive solidity We've seen how tactically sound they are with regards to how they approach the game defensively. And when they do need to then break and get that goal, I think that they've been doing really well at that. However, because of the type of team that al Ahly is and the experience that uh, coach Pito Musimane has, I don't think Keza Chiefs will win this game. As much as uh, I'm, I'm a Corsi faithful, However, on Disky Talk with Liolo, I always keep it as objective as possible. So I predict that Al Ahli will win this game 1 0. And uh, I foresee Al Ahli getting an early goal and then them managing the game and just stifling Chiefs and them not being able then to get that goal. I see them um, rotating the ball for large periods i see them um, being very calm on the ball they're also a team that don't rush whenever they do have a chance to attack they very methodical in their build-up and um, with that being said ladies and gentlemen my prediction is one nil to al Ahli, as i think that coach pito musimane will win his third calf champions league final so ladies and gentlemen as always, I am your host with the most, and I go by the name of Luyolo, and that was my tactical preview of the CAF Champions League final between Kaiser Chiefs and Al Ahli. Signing out. Signing out. <laughs>